You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome once again to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your wonderfully divine and fabulous co-hosts, as always, are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. On last week's program, we were going through some of the aspects of being a sovereign self, um, which fits in, of course, appropriately with the name of the program, Sovereign Self. But there are a few pieces uh, we missed, which we'll get to in a minute because we didn't have enough time to cover them off. But before I go there, one of the topics we'll be hitting on tonight, which I believe is an important topic at this moment, is AI which is artificial intelligence, and the ramifications of artificial intelligence and where it could lead us and where it may lead us going forward. Some of the AI items we will be discussing tonight may be unsettling, but our intent is to foster discussion and awareness so we can all make conscious decisions on who we are and who we are desire to become. Last week we talked about many aspects, as I said, about being your sovereign self, but the few that were missing and not for any reason of being less than any of the others, and that is in the concept of kindness, giving, having patience, compassion, that type of thing. And giving kindness and patience ties in exactly to what we always say is your center of love. And if you're not a giving or kind person, or you don't show patience towards anyone, you are certainly, as we would term, not being your sovereign self. And it's it's a part that seems to be strong in some areas of society and people and very weak in other areas of, of society, especially Western society at this time. It's interesting that people look at giving as as a problem in that, and we mentioned it last program, is you can get into the whole welfare state and everything else. And while I wholeheartedly agree that that people can get trapped into living that way and not improve themselves, there is a whole other side to giving that is equally important. And it isn't just always giving money. It is giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your patience to listen to people Giving has broad ramifications, and it fits right into kindness because you should. Did I say that? You should? Nah. Scrap that. No one should anything. Should, yes. Not should. Not should. I use that for myself. So when I say you should, I I mean I should. But it it is recommended that if you want to move to your higher self that you bring kindness into the middle of that. Because you're giving out of your love and kindness and understanding towards others. Uh-huh. And, and it is those two that fit so well together in, in becoming your sovereign self. Because it is interesting that when people become more kind, 
do kind deeds and are more giving of themselves to others, they open up to becoming one with others much more readily. And it's amazing how that improves your life. So on that note, I'll throw it out to both of you. <laughs> well, my thought is becoming self-sovereign is no one single attribute. And I think Martin, your introduction hit it off well. And that is that we talked about a number of characteristics or attributes. And um, you, you've kicked it off with giving, patience, kindness, and compassion. And I, I think for me what resonates is that Everything, all of the attributes about becoming self-sovereign are very much interconnected with one another. So when I think about things like showing kindness or showing compassion, I ask myself, how can I show kindness and compassion and still be judgmental? Mm-hmm. How can I be giving and patient and show kindness and still feel separation and not oneness. So I, I feel they're they're all very much interconnected. And I think one of the things you, you mentioned was around giving. And I, I think you're absolutely correct that a lot of times when we hear the word giving, we think monetary, money, and there's so much you can give, whether that be a act of kindness, whether that be a smile, whether that be a compliment. You know, I often say to people, you know, when I see them, I'll think, oh, that's a gorgeous tie or, wow, that's a great blouse or or great earrings or whatever. Do I always actually say it? And I'm actually trying to be more aware and have more clarity over when that thought pops into my head, find a moment to actually say it because it's amazing what that ripple effect will have as long as it's authentic. Uh, I'm not suggesting you make up, oh, I love your top and it's hideous. It has to be really true. But I think that it's really important that when we think of these things, that if there's an appropriate time to actually say them and share them, we'd be really amazed at the ripple effect it can have on the rest of humanity. Very interesting. The the whole concept of kindness and gratitude, what many, many people might consider not a, a strong characteristic reminds me of that statement in the Bible where they where it says that the meat shall inherit the earth, and I know when discussing that that topic, there were many people that that attributed weakness to the term meek, and that is not a, that is nowhere near what that statement implies, and I'm looking at the concept of of kindness and all of these wonderful attitudes can go an awfully long way, but for those who are, let's say, jaded, for instance, would look at that and say, oh, well, kindness, that, you know, you're, you're being sucker punched or, you know, there's a, there's a natural, there's a natural desire for unenlightened people to look at that and say, it's, it, it, it's a trap. It's, it's going to take you, it's going to, you're, you're going to be a victim. And I look at that and say, no, I've, re- I've recognized that as I continue along my path of spirituality, there is a childlike innocence that seems to be coming forward. And those are the things that are embraced by kindness and by doing acts of, uh, acts of love and these wonderful things that in and of themselves might, for someone who is jaded, might not be as important um, as they would assume. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other interesting thing about kindness and giving is that it doesn't mean, as you said, you, you have to be a sucker. Mm-hmm. The big difference here, I think, in coming from love and your center of love and being giving and have kindness towards people is that if it's going to foster more 
incapability in the people. As we talked about right at the beginning and last week, when you look at people getting money handouts from government or other people, if they're just using it as an excuse not to move forward, then there is no kindness in that. There is no true giving. And that's why I think we went last week partially to having to move and change our system to give everyone, as they say, a hand up, not a hand out. Right. Now, there is nothing, but people take that and go, well, then we shouldn't give any handouts. And I'm going, no, that's not what it means. It means you can give them a handout, but at the same time, create a situation where you can give them a hand up. Because at any one moment, someone may need a handout. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean it should continue forever. No. It just means that while you're giving them a hand out so they can survive, you also give them a hand up so they can not need that hand out. Mm -hmm. right. And there's no kindness in doing otherwise. Yeah, it was, it's interesting. Someone at work once came to me and said, what about forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, to the degree that you are engaged in the world of duality, yeah. where you see b black and white, you will need forgiveness in order to continue to move forward. But once you step out of the illusions of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the duality and you move into your sovereign self, forgiveness becomes moot, as does compassion, as does hope, as does all of these other things. They are valuable when you're in the duality. And you're, we are talking about people who are not yet completely healed that are still engaged in the duality, in the illusions of the duality, um, that are needing to move beyond the judgment patterns of that. They will use those, and those functions will be, will be useful up until the moment they, no, they are no longer needed. Right, and when you become your sovereign self, you no longer need forgiveness because there is nothing, nothing to forgive. To forgive. forgive yeah. you're, you're not putting your power outside yourself. So if there, someone criticizes yeah. you, you can answer them in your truth and challenge them on it, but it doesn't mean that they've hurt you. There is no. no way they can hurt you because it's just a statement and what they do has no power over you right. when you're your sovereign self. So it's not a matter of forgiveness, it's a matter of understanding cooperation and conversation to get to the point. Yeah, it, It's not forgiveness anymore. It's that difficult concept of realizing that if you've been hurt, it's not that they have hurt you, it's that mm. you have allowed yourself to be hurt. Exactly. Well, and once you recognize that, that's the power in your own healing. But yes. to give them the power that they can continue to hurt you, you will you will always engage in that black in that in that dual nature, and you will never heal that. Exactly, and you know that's an interesting lead-in, I would say, to the AI, the artificial intelligence, because mm. there's aspects of artificial intelligence and letting other things computers, devices, technologies, whatever comes into it, control us. And it's almost talking about that welfare state again, mm -hmm. where we allow something else to do everything for us so we forget how to do it for ourselves. And I love the statement, what you don't use atrophies. And what that's essentially saying is just like a muscle. If you sit in a chair for weeks and don't move, you'll, you won't be able to stand up. But the same goes for your mind, the same goes as that does for your body, but the same goes for your spiritual energy. And If you don't use it, it will atrophy. And 
part of our artificial intelligence is almost a shortcut of laziness in many ways, or it can be, it doesn't need to be, where you get so dependent on something that you lose the skill to do something else. And I think one of the key things we've seen in that recently, and it's the, it was the start of many ways of the artificial intelligence, is, is a smartphones. Mm. And everyone is texting away to everyone else and they don't they actually text to each other across the dinner table and it can become quite de debilitating in the sense that I've heard from many people that although these people are very intelligent and although they can write up a great dissertation on many things when they have to go into a job and do a job interview they fail completely because they don't know how to verbalize it and they don't know how to communicate with other people unless it's written through text or what have you. Mm -hmm. And that lack of verbalization and me being able to communicate has its own problems. One example was I had someone I knew who had a friend who was having problems. They were depressed, they were all ill, they were ill and that caused their depression, let's put it that way. And, and they were asking for help. The person was texting them and saying, oh, well, I'm here for you, what can I do? And basically left it at that and said, well, they're not responding. And I said, what you have to do if they're a friend is go over and speak to them. Let them know you're there. Sit and listen and hear what, hear what they're going through and then see what you can do to help them. But without doing that in person, a text on the phone will achieve nothing in that regard. And we forget that a lot of our healing, our energy abilities and everything else comes from interaction with others, not through a technical device. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. That's my first foray on one of the problems that can come out from artificial intelligence artificial. and technology. And I would like to add to that, though, that the arm of artificial intelligence it seems to be uh, directly connected to the concept of transhumanism. Um, and if you take that word apart, it, to me, it, it go, it, it's a statement of uh, people believing that humanity's next step in evolution is beyond humanism rather than the development of where humanism will take us. So transhumanism, um, and as um, there is a description here that I'd like to to just to, to briefly to go over, transhumanism is an ethical stance designed to allow free access to and freedom to use emerging technologies, Martin's smartphone, for instance, in order to improve upon the human condition as it relates to oneself and to cover equal and fair treatment of all individuals who choose to use this, these technologies. These technologies will almost certainly emerge, and they are emerging today, and be used with or without any specific stance towards their use. Transhumanism itself is designed to ensure the ethical and fair application of these technologies. That I am not so certain of, allowing free access and minimizing potential for abuse of them. This is where I think the transhumanism still seems to, um, to fall short and definitely more light on just how, as Martin put it, how lazy um, this artificial intelligence and these wonderful, these wonderful technological, scientific technological advancements that are, are coming out at, at, at incredibly fast rates these days. Just what will these do to stymie and mute and, and stop the natural evolution of the human, of the human body? And mind. 
and mind. Yes, I mean, I see, I see, I I can see in today's world where, as I as this program suggests, we are all in the process of developing our ability for self sovereignty, but we're not all there yet, um, and, and it is a burgeoning concept that is only now just beginning to be um, to be introduced to the human race. So for those who are not yet anywhere near that and have not taken the step into self-responsibility, they will need assistance with some of the physical ailments, for instance. I see, for instance, uh, the ability to assist someone with being blind and having a technical device that will allow them to see. And it could be the same thing for hearing or for those who are paralyzed, for instance, in a wheelchair, perhaps giving them the ability to move with artificial limbs, for instance. I can see all of these things assisting people who are stuck in their in their physical process and might not be able to develop their physical body's ability for natural re- regeneration. I could see this being of, of use, but I, then I can also see other people looking at that going, my God, I mean, if it, if somebody can have the ability to see, then I want a visor just like Jordy did on a Star Trek that will allow me to see a broad range of, of frequencies. Just, just what kind of information can I actually pipe into my brain from an artificial device that's connected to the eye? Right. And will that then supersede and stymie any natural development that the the human body will undergo as we begin to develop and correct the mutations and go from a four-strand DNA template, which is the four nucleotide base pairs that we currently have in our genome, to a full 12 nucleotide base pairs. Just what kind of sense facilities will be developed from that, we could completely jeopardize and stymie and do away with by making us and, and our physical bodies too lazy to develop them. Yes, and I think that's the danger in it, is that when you begin putting things into the physical body that enhances you in one way or another, it almost prevents evolution in that you will never naturally enhance yourself to get there. And I believe we have the ability to morph and enhance ourselves once you become your sovereign self into anything we wish but that may stop it entirely and and would it not be better to instantly heal yourself than to trust on technology to do it for you i know i mean i look i look at what some humans today can actually do with regards to clairaudience clairvoyance all of these extrasensory perceptions that some people term but are part of the sixth and seventh dimensional sensory perceptions as you continue to expand and develop your full 12 strand and 12 dimensional DNA spectrum. These are just some of the things that some people can actually accomplish. And yet I'm looking at artificial intelligence and there is no way that at this point that I could see artificial intelligence replacing those types of activities. No. Karen? Mm-hmm. I find this um, this entire conversation incredibly intriguing, but very perplexing for me. Yes. From a spirituality perspective, where my mind goes or where my spirit goes is the the sense of the sense of touch. We we talk about you know um, something as simple as a hug a day mm-hmm. and physical interaction, and I, I guess I, I'm I'm a little bit torn between where does technology lead us to greater convenience greater awareness 
And where does it pull us back from lesser awareness? And when I say that, I mean that, you know, we we talk about, you know, the smartphone, TVs, we talk about, you know, even our, our technology around things like Skype and podcasts and being able to communicate with people around the world. And in today, as I know today in this space and time, that all makes perfect sense that you can allow, you know, loved ones to communicate from a far distance away without having to get on a plane and go. But to your point, Ron, there are people out there that, you know, have experienced teleportation. So are we stifling that teleportation that says, gee, I, I can't do it today, or I don't, I don't know how to I do it today, or I haven't tapped into doing it today. Right. But am I taking the easy way out? So I'm really struggling between where technology advances us and where we actually lose some of that stuff that keeps us very human and moving to what what we deem as our as our sovereign self and i think you know mark when you were talking earlier about you know people texting across the table i remember being at a seminar and it was it was a very large corporation and they had talked about how they were going to use social media and things to get college students engaged for an internship so they they started you know using all of our social media linkedin twitter Facebook, follow us, you know, give us a message, like us, and then we'll give you more details about our internship. And long story short, those that engaged got more information about how to get involved. And the potential interns had to put together a, in this case, it was a marketing plan for a potential internship with a very large corporation. I remember the woman standing before me saying, and my goodness, we saw such phenomenal presentations they understood the audience they you know the graphics were great we were really engaged and the final process after they went through all of the things they had to do was for the you know the the final i don't know three or four people to be in front of a live audience and talk about what they had put together and all of a sudden i saw the look on her face kind of drain and she said i was astonished all of these potentially really, really brilliant people from a technology-savvy perspective uh-huh. and seeing, seemingly understanding all kinds of perspectives about what the customer needed and wanted, all of a sudden they could not speak in complete sentences. They could not talk with any passion about what it was they were doing. They relied completely and irrevocably on technology. And that was a scary thought to me. And I, I this was a couple of years ago. So I'm sure it's advanced since then. Awesome. But that, that story has always stuck with me about are we are we actually advancing or are we taking away our natural preponderance to grow and evolve? Mm-hmm. And that's you've you've said it right there. The whole concept of being self sovereign is to reclaim back this power. You know, I just recently watched a movie where they had developed a device that could actually um, mentally connect two people together so that they could hear each other's thoughts. And and it, the ramifications of this in the movie was kind of drastic. It got into the into the wrong hands. Those who were wanting to control people. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm looking at this, and Karen, you're absolutely right. The the whole concept of technology and science replacing what what the human body and the human condition can actually do without that aid. If we become techn- technologically dependent, we have just made one of the a huge, drastic error in that. Should that technology one day be destroyed, what happens uh-huh. to our what happens to our advantages then? Right. Yeah. Where, where would we be left with? What tools yeah, that, do we have? 
Exactly. Yeah. I'll go on the positive side on on artificial okay. intelligence and teaching. Yeah. And and I saw some positive aspects of it in in the Matrix the movies in that mm-hmm. you know someone could learn instantly how to fly a helicopter or someone could learn instantly you know and you could probably use it for languages as well so communication right. would uptick but the thing that they never did was they were all clear cut things how to speak a language how to use that device how to do this and that's all fine but it's when it gets into open information and we all know going on the internet and listening to what everyone has to say on a topic they're all over the map right and some are dead against it and this and other people are dead for it talking about there's every gambit of opinion And so what comes into play for me is that if you're going to do this and you're going to give people uh, a means to get more information, the only thing that'll do is confuse people generally because they're not self-aware, they're not conscious, and they haven't been taught how to think. Mm -hmm. They haven't become critical thinkers. And one of the problems is in that if you're not a critical thinker, then you may latch onto something and just stick with it and find everything you like that supports your position. But it may not be the correct position at all from from an outcome for the betterment of humankind. The trouble with all this information and all these opinions, and every bit of it is opinion, is that we have to make up our own minds. That's what being your sovereign self is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just being fed stuff right. from other people. It's actually thinking and sitting down and working it through and realizing through your awareness, your intuition and everything else, what is the best for humankind and myself moving forward? You have to look at it again, it comes back from your center of love. And I have a feeling that a lot of this artificial intelligence and things that come into play, and not just the technological pieces to replace a hand or leg, is that they don't go there. And a lot of the ramifications can be that we don't come from our center of love anymore. And I'll throw in the piece that a lot of this is being done by people who do not believe in a higher self. Yes. And the problem for me in not believing in a higher self is that I have become keenly aware of what a higher self means and how it can advantage myself in my own vision of moving forward. Mm -hmm. You take that away and reinforce that you don't have a higher self, then you just become automatons to whoever wants to manipulate and throw things out there into the field for for you to latch onto. And we've seen it in a lot of political conversations. I mean, on all the comments on any article that's put out about one party or another or one person, we know there are trolls, that their whole purpose is to go out there and, and support one thing only, and everything that comes up, they're, they're paid to, put the opposite view in or just criticize it or say, oh, that's just bunk or this or that, to dissuade people from going there. And to to continue the belief in separatism. Yes, and that is the farthest thing from being a sovereign self. Consciousness and awareness and love all tie together. Mm-hmm. Where I'm most perplexed is around the balance of it all, Martin. Because I, yes. I, it's it's I look at you know if we if we look back you know hundreds of years ago when we didn't have the automobile, right? One might say, well, maybe we we lost our ability to strengthen our legs and our leg muscles by not walking. You know those you know those twenty miles to you know school in the snow and all <laughs> that stuff. So it, it's what is the balance between 
technology advancing and enhancing our lives and causing us to become even more aware versus where does it take over our actual awareness. And and one of the things is both of you were talking that struck me is one thing I read recently, again, it's, it's and you know, we, we all hear a lot of stuff on social media and the internet and so on and so forth. So it is a, a vast amount of knowledge out there. But they were talking about putting daycare centers in uh, nursing homes. And they were talking about how having young children in the nursing home where the elderly were, how it actually enhanced the life of both. Mm-hmm. And it helped the elderly become, again, more, a little bit more cognizant because they were aware of the children laughing, smiling, joking, and that interaction, that touch, that actual physical touch. But then I think there was also a component, and I, I didn't spend a lot of time on the article, but I, I would believe, I would, you know think that there would be a huge component about what can our elders teach us mm-hmm. that perhaps the generation that is raising children today may or may not know and you know if i think about i'm you know in my um, early 50s so when i think about my grandmother i remember her being in a nursing home and i remember taking our family pet in through the window sneaking the dog in through the window of a nursing home that allowed no pets And I remember seeing this woman go from looking almost comatose and doing nothing to smiling, laughing, talking, being cognitive. And I think, where, how does technology work with that? Do you get a robot to hug them? I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a, and you're right about the balance. I've often stated that these two areas, you have spirituality and then you have science. They most often don't don't complement each other. And this is a drastic error in that neither one by itself will provide the answers for where we need to go as the human species. We have science on one hand that, yes, is developing this artificial intelligence, but in most cases, they reject the concept of the soul itself. And then on the other hand, we have spirituality that relies on two or three thousand year old documents whose intelligence back then was nowhere near what we have today. And you can see this with some of these spiritual people believing that the earth, for instance, is only 6,000 years old, or or that creation is only 6,000 years old. Mm -hmm. There's a lack of scientific evidence on that side. So I have always looked at that there needed to be a balance between both science as well as technology. Mm -hmm. And for me, I found that within the freedom teachings that are coming forward and the concept of chelontic science, which is science that has a soul. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this will be the avenue that humanity decides to take and not decide that artificial intelligence in and of itself is the actual way to go because there is no... There's no spirituality, and there there is no you know there's no compassion there. Right. Right. I think you know even the term, and I would agree with you, Ron. When I think of science and technology versus spirituality, mm-hmm. we have a lot of science masters out there that will absolutely support the the touch, the feel, the hug, the emotional, the spirit yes. self. Yes. Um, and then there's some that go straight to the the side of technology. Right. But I I wonder sometimes if. I think you've often said this, you know, are we are we getting to the point that we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater? And what does that look like? Our science is accelerating at such an amazing pace that it is challenging us to kick our spiritual 
butts, so to speak, in order to get it to move at a, at a at a faster pace. And there is still so there's still such a huge way to go in our spirituality with regards to that. And this is why I'm looking at the sovereign self and this whole concept as being one that's absolutely essential at this time in our human development. We are right in the middle of a stellar activation cycle where all of these heightened dimensional energies are made available now for the human species to develop their spirituality. And we're beginning to see this. I, I agree, Karen. I'm beginning to see some of the scientists beginning to look into some of these things mm -hmm. and to include it in their research. And that is so heartening to actually see. Exactly. And I think the other thing that popped in my head, sorry, I was thinking about it and then I totally lost my mm -hmm. train of thought. Mm -hmm. And that was when we term this artificial intelligence, I, I kind of ponder the word artificial. Mm. We talk around self-sovereignty being authentic, being your true self, exactly. being aware. Yes. And as soon as I think about artificial, the, and I, I'm not looking up the definition, but my mind goes to fake. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to balance fake, authentic. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not feeling it. No. And, and that's the thing, you know, our, it, I mean, and some circles taking AI to the maximum, and I, I think even Stephen Hawking was towing in on this the other day. Mm -hmm. The danger is that if you create something that has, like a computer that has artificial intelligence and can think for itself, mm -hmm. what is it thinking? And does it match where we want to go and who we are? And it may not, very easily may not. And the problem there is that, isn't this supposed to be developed for us? as opposed to a computer now telling us what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to it, and you can become aware and sort through the information and decide for yourself what the best route is. I think the danger can be in that we rely on it too much to tell us what to do. Right. And, you know, Martin, I think that, you know, in my, in my experience from a business perspective, I absolutely, completely support technology around efficiency of processes, that are cut and dried. Yeah. However, having said that, and the three of us have all experienced this, as I'm sure many of our listeners have, is that as we have new understanding of things, we go back and we revisit processes. Mm -hmm. And then we do upgrades. You know, if we look at Apple, we look at Mac, we look at, you know, PCs, we look at Windows 8, 9, <clears throat> 10. Mm -hmm. There's always a progression. What concerns me is, I, I guess I... I guess what I'm saying is, from a personal perspective, I'm comfortable with, here's a process, let's program it, let's make it easy so that people can spend time on perhaps more important things. Maybe that's with their family, friends, whatever. Maybe it's looking more strategically at what their business is doing. I'm okay with that as long as we have an opportunity to go back and revisit and upgrade it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm feeling really comfortable about the whole concept of artificial intelligence thinking for me in uh, in a situation where I don't get to stop and rethink it because what I've learned from my journey of spirituality is that in every moment I have the ability to have a new thought and in every moment I have the ability to change my thought mm -hmm. and change my choice what happens if I pre-program it's oopsies <laughs> sorry uh, let's get back to it a year Mm -hmm. Let's upgrade yeah. that. That mm -hmm. that just gives me some really. I, I'm feeling really uncomfortable about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
And I, and I think it goes back to what we said on the last program, too. And I know I brought the phrase up, you know, we the people. It All of these things are supposed to be for we the people. It's not not supposed to be the other way around. But we seem to let so much technology control us that we've, we've forgotten that it's there to aid us and not to control us. Uh-huh. And, and I think people are using it more and more in a, in a way to control us and tell us what we have to do. It's interesting. I know I originally brought up the smartphone. But the one interesting thing that has come out of a lot of the smartphones is, as you said, Karen, there's the old communication thing with distant relatives and friends and whatnot that right. makes it so much easier. You can see them as opposed to just talking to them and sure. writing to them. But the interesting thing that I've loved about smartphones is they all have the wonderful cameras and video cameras and that type of thing. And what that has led to in so many ways is people catching other people doing things that collectively they look at and go, no, that's not helping anybody. That has to stop. Right. And it's bringing them all to light. (laughs) Whereas in the Middle Ages, when you were on a farm, you know, 200 miles away from wherever the castle or center of government or whatever was, you didn't know what they were doing. You didn't know what anyone was was doing. (laughs) This brings to light more and more as a society and helps us decide who we are and who we want to be. And that's where the sovereign self comes in very keenly. It has helped in that direction, and it's helped immensely in that direction, and I think it will do even more so. But again, it's that balance. They they can put out cameras that are checking everything you do. Uh And, oh, I don't like what this person is doing. Let's quietly get rid of them. I mean, we know that happens. Well, we had that with the disease, right? Yes. But does that... Again, does that foster the dependence on this? I can see it like what I had said earlier with regards to forgiveness and compassion. These are all necessary when you have a society that's playing in the duality in the dark and the black and the in the opposites. But once you the sovereign the sovereign self is not part of that duality. It's the ability to step beyond that duality. Right. So this artificial intelligence, again, might help us at, at this point in our human evolution, but there is always that danger that we might become too dependent on it and that our spiritual aspects will suffer because of that. Yes. Our spirit has to continue to accelerate just as quickly as our science does in order to, give, to bring that balance in. Oh, yeah. So, and I mean, our spirituality and our, our, most of our religions and everything else are two to three thousand years out of date exactly they, they asked, never caught up they never bothered to move yeah. forward. you know we're seeing you're we're seeing the ability to be able to talk to somebody you know on the other side of the world but let me tell you if you had the ability to tell telepath with that person you would not need to rely on is my yeah. skype connection no. going to be available today she sure. would just simply think it and they would know it so yes. and that is available three to five thousand years ago Humanity, and this was this whole story in the Bible about the the Tower of Babel. Right. At at that time, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of languages all over the planet. But you did. We had in our genome the ability as there was a universal translator that did not. You did not need to learn their language in order to understand them. No. You would listen to their words, and the base codes of their frequency of the words themselves would be translated within your whole physical structure, and you would know exactly what they were talking about. We lost that ability at that period, but it doesn't mean that we cannot regain it again. 
And this is where the, the sovereign self and development and stretching our abilities with regards to our spiritual, uh, spiritual, our spirituality can regain that balance and bring that right. to me. I mean, I would rather be able to learn how to teleport than use a, a, a mechanical device that can teleport me. Because as I said, if we rely on technology and it fails or is taken away from us, where does that leave us? Right. Well, it's interesting, you know, Ron, as you as you mentioned the Tower of Babel, it immediately had my, my mind, uh, which I believe is actually my spirit, propel myself to seeing kids in a sandbox. It doesn't matter what language those children speak. In many cases, those children playing in a sandbox are not even verbalizing anything. Mm-hmm. And yet you watch young children interact and play. If you watch an infant under, you know, under speaking age, under a year, year and a half, two years old, there is absolutely no verbalization. Mm-hmm. And yet you will see children reach out and pass a stuffed animal, pass a toy, they um, engage. touch they a finger. Engage. Yeah. They're engaging so, with one another yeah. without that barrier. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's that's the whole thing about what we're saying here about being your sovereign self is getting to that state where, and if I can put it this way, all the technology is great as a tool, but not a crutch. Exactly. That should be the mantra around it all. It should be our tool, but never make it your crutch. What are we willing to sacrifice for yeah. short-term gain? I see spirituality and science as a dance. Mm-hmm. That they dance one another and they complement one another. But the moment that one dances ahead and leaves the other behind, that's when you run into some difficulties. Oh yeah, big time. It, it's fascinating on all this technology, and I, and I will go back to pictures and making people aware of things. From that angle, that's why I said that statement. It should be used as a tool to bring awareness, and so people can consciously think things through and be who they wish to be. Now, now, there's one t- one area of the AI that I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of controversial, hmm. but we all know today that the military-industrial complex has a great impact and a great power over what exactly occurs on this planet today. Hmm. And no more so do we see artificial intelligence playing a, a, a simply a huge role in this whole in the in the military itself today we just recently went through the, in the united states this huge military exercise called called jade helm 15 and what most people don't truly understand is that it was and you hear a lot of people thinking, you know, that it's preparation for the one world order that, you know, they, they, in order to, um, to clamp down on d- dissenters and that type of thing. And that's what they thought that this whole experiment that was taking place during the months of July to August was all about. But there was far more involved in that than meets the eye. Jade, for instance, is a, I'm going to read this, Jade is an AI quantum computing technology that produces holographic battlefield simulations and has the ability to use vast amounts of data being collected on the human domain. This is where NASA comes in and they're monitoring your smartphones, they're monitoring your, your Facebook pages, and NSA. they're gathering all of the, and the I'm sorry, NSA, and they're gathering all of this seemingly innocuous information. Well... It's all being done to generate human terrain systems in geographical population-centric locations to identify and eliminate targets, insurgents, rebels, or whatever labels that can be flagged as targets in a global information grid for network-centric warfare environments. So this artificial intelligence 
appears to be a software program that as you begin to put in all of these seemingly innocuous information on everybody, it begins to, because it's a quantum computer and has the ability for extreme amount of, it's very fast and can analyze and sort amazing amounts of information. It is aiming apparently at replacing the decision-making ability of humans on the battlefield. Because they, because some people believe that the human capacity to be able to analyze and subsequently create an path or an, an avenue of, 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 of action is too slow, that they believe that this quantum computer can replace the human element in, in a battle. Many people in the community are becoming very, very concerned about this and, and about where it could effectively lead to. Now, the J2 it, it, it evolved from Jade, which was the computing technology, to J2, which here it says that J2 battlefield systems is cognitive and intuitive. So these are elements that now are being introduced into AI that are going beyond just simulations. It's beginning to um, anticipate mm-hmm. uh, what people can do and then create a, 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 an avenue of of direction based on that. In some cases, it it makes me extremely nervous in any event, because it can, here, I'll continue, it can examine prior executed battle plans and and devise new and better strategies to increase the kill chain, and the kill chain being in quote. The second generation of Jade has the capacity for two-way communication with drones through the I'm not sure what this stands for, OCCOM technology. I'll have to look that up, sorry, folks, which is one of the next generation integrations into the system. Now, in short, Jade Helm would mean that Jade is now at the helm with regards to this military AI. Jade Helm will not be battles directed by generals and military commanders, but by a computer. It is a cognitive software program based on network-centric warfare systems at the helm. Mm. Now, this is the area they're going into. Now, the interesting thing about that is that we have to go down to the base of it all. Okay. They may be able to do that, and they're doing that, but why are they doing that? They're doing it so they can have more power and control. Exactly. Over everyone and everything. Exactly. But who is that going to benefit? It'll only benefit a few. It causes more separation, Mm -hmm. and it does not get to any point, I mean, part of our problem from a nationality perspective, any country, is nationalities and countries are all separations by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's us against them. It's we're better, they're better, whatever, if, whoever's saying what. And it, this whole thing just strikes of trying to be more in control of the people. Mm-hmm. But what I keep saying is, is that the whole of anything we do should go back to we, the people. What benefits us? Hmm. This only seems to be heading towards a benefit of a few exactly. and what they think should happen. That's not coming back to we, the people, and who we are and what we desire in life. Because we are life on this planet from a humanity perspective, not them. They're only a, a small fraction of it. Now, we're all one, but they should never have the power to be able to manipulate everyone else and stymie anyone else from moving where they don't want them to go. And that's exactly what this does. If you come up with a new idea or you come up with something saying, no, 
we the people want ahead in this direction and this is the outcome well we don't and and they have plans and computers that can stop you from moving there at every step is that what we really want exactly and not <laughs> it's only, dictatorship not only that <laughs> but here we're saying the people at the very top are creating this in order to better manipulate and manage human resource which is how they consider the rest of us right now with the problem of, of what i'm seeing here and which is causing some concerns even within the military industrial complex some people who are looking at that going oh there's a danger here is the amount of tech of intelligence as i said it's co it's cognitive and it's intuitive so right now it is giving the orders, for instance, uh, to generals in order to take certain actions and go in certain directions. But as we all know, during the month that Jade Helm was in, in place, we had many military people at the bottom deciding they weren't going to participate in any directions that would ask them to fire on their own brothers and sisters. So now we have an intelligence here that is making the decisions and making choices based on what they think is the best for humanity. And then we have a military that is beginning to revolt and say, well, maybe they're not, it's not so. If we give too much power to this AI, will it take that next stance and say, the rebels within the military need to be dealt with, we need to remove them because they are a detriment to what the AI is believing is good for humanity. Right. And are we on that point where Skynet, as in the Terminator, mm -hmm. takes control of everything and decides it knows what is best for us and will eliminate us as a threat to humanity? Well, and, and the one thing that does right off the bat in any direction, freedom of speech becomes absolutely useless. And fear. <laughs> And yeah. we're seeing that very much today in the United States. We're seeing that, was it? I think it's in Spain, where they have made it an arrestable offense to speak against the, their government. And we're seeing this pop up all over the place. Well, there's been, yeah, there's been laws come out in the United States in some states that said, for you to take pictures of an industry or a company doing something that is polluting or, or what you'd consider harmful to other people or could lead to harm to other people, it's now against the law. Mm -hmm. to actually state that and move it forward because it's not in the interest of the company. Yeah, exactly. And all that information yeah. is can be input into this quantum computer, which is what is occurring, mm. so that it can better design a course of action for the rest of humanity. Yes. And I think this is, um, you know, as we talked in our prior shows about a self-sovereign perspective uh -huh. and to maintain self-authority, this is where I think that, uh, I know for myself personally, but I would encourage everyone that it is our responsibility to become knowledgeable and to get clarity and mm -hmm. get information and understand the ramifications to the best of our ability and make some decisions mm -hmm. and stand up for what we believe in. I, Martin and Ron and I are offering our, our perspectives on AI, artificial intelligence, and we encourage each of you to do your research, mm -hmm. do your looking into it. We'd love to hear kind of some of our listeners' thoughts about this. And, you know, I, I think that one of the things that's really great about Sovereign Self Program is that it's an open dialogue. Absolutely. It says, you know what, we're looking at all kinds of perspectives. This is, for me personally, I can only speak for myself, this is a little bit scary. Yeah, um, yes. A little yes. bit scary for me. I'm not sure I'm on board with this AI. I see some benefits. I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the lack of balance. Mm. And there's a lot of ramifications that that I can see, 
And then I know there's a whole lot more that I probably can't even see. Right. So it's a, it's a very, it's, it's a bit of a controversial topic, I think, but I think it's one that we as humanity have to have. Yes. Well, and as I, as I said to Martin the, early, the other day, the antidote to all of this is the development of the sovereign self. Yes. What was being advised to certain people within the states that Jade Helm was actually participating in was for people, if they were to witness something, and it can be a little bit scary when you're seeing a whole troop of, of <laughs> four to 500 people walking down within the, in, the, in your streets or mm-hmm. actually going into, your ho- into people's houses without their consent, that many people's first reaction would be one of horror and perhaps even rage and could eventually lead to the kind of dissent that they were actually looking for. This was the information that they were actually hoping to be able to collect to see what pockets acted adversely Mm-hmm. to uh, the presence of the military. They right. would plug that into the artificial intelligence com- uh, computer and it knew what sections were volatile, what sections were not volatile. It would look at all the other information collected from the NSA with regards to that area, the people's phones, their patterns, and they and they know exactly your fr- from your bank accounts to everything, what kind of activity, what you purchase, what do you do. Yeah. They know all that information. And it all, okay. also goes in. Yeah. Well, I find it fascinating, as you said, Martin. <laughs> I'm con- consistently perplexed by the fact that I'll watch a new TV show go out, yep. and I'll be like, "How long have they known that?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that has been out there for at least a year and a half before it hits our TVs. You know, yeah. and yeah. that makes sense to me because, yeah. I, I like, even when I look back on old movies, mm. and Martin, I think you brought up The Matrix, mm. and how many years ago was that done? Oh, I know. At that point in time, when we watched The Matrix, mm. it was like, oh, this is sci-fi. It freaks me out when I look back in retrospect mm. of all the stuff that was actually known Yeah, that I was so completely oblivious, completely oblivious to. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. wow, when I, I, I pull these up now and I go, whoa. And right now we're already seeing there are so many – 20 years ago when you were when I was looking into a lot of this stuff, there would be one story come out every three or four months. Right now, you're getting dozens of stories coming out. Eons of day. it, yeah. Every yeah. day, there's coming yeah. they're coming out. So this whole, everything is just opening up massively. Where do you go? Where do you, well, where do you begin? I can tell you that based on my, my, like my discussions with the two of you, mm-hmm. I feel like I got my invitation three years, four years late to the party. Like no, I, no. I sit back and go, wow. Yeah, Gee, they, did my invitation get lost for the last thousand yeah. years? Yeah. <laughs> All it boils down to is those people in power are trying to solidify, get more power, and stay in power. And stay in power. That's right. And, uh, and with all the increase in knowledge, as I said, it's doubling every four months. They're using every scrap of it they get. I know. And the only way towards they- control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it struck me as we were as we were talking all of the attributes that we talked about with respect to self-sovereignty, mm-hmm. when we talk about artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was drawn to things like grace, respect, trust, and none mindfulness, of these. and joy. And none of those have a place in artificial intelligence. No. That's why I'm saying artificial intelligence does not have a soul. Oh, no. What a, what a great, what a great, t- I don't but, know about you guys, but I, I love this topic. But it's just, an interesting one. Just think, Karen. Uh-huh. If we used artificial intelligence to help us solve our 
hunger and separation problems. Absolutely. Wow. And I think that's where I was going with that concept of I'm okay with using artificial intelligence to program what we know today. Yes. As and I'm okay with that. Like I, I'm I'm that that I'm totally on side with from a progressive well, standpoint. Is, yeah. I just don't want a I don't want artificial intelligence thinking for me and telling me what to do. I want artificial intelligence to, as you said, Martin, use the intelligence that we have today mm-hmm. from our spirit sense. If the artificial yeah. intelligence can, can release humanity from the drudgery of a nine-to-five, yeah. if it can feed humanity with a food replicator, if it can provide free energy so that we do no longer have to suck the, the bone marrow of oil out of the earth, mother, mm. I can see that kind of technology in balance with yeah. actuality being something. That's why I'm saying that's what the dance is between the two. And I think that's that's it exactly. It's the balance because there is so much, as you said, Martin, there's so much positive mm. that can come yes. out of this. Not unlike what Absolutely. we talked about in the earlier show around big government understanding that if we give back, we get to expand. Right. Yes. Right. Well, as so, I said, it's all it all should be used as a tool. Yeah. It's not supposed to be there to tell us what to do when we depend on it. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be there to help us get there quicker on what we desire the outcome to be. Sorry to cut this conversation short, but we have less than a minute left. I didn't give the five-minute warning this week. Oh, my <laughs> So... Then I just want to finish this one thought. The way to counteract all of this is to continue to develop your ability to control yourself. Self-sovereignty is the answer. Yes. Become aware and conscious. And on that note, do, as Karen says, write into our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. We'd love to hear your comments so we can become more aware and conscious about things ourselves. So thank you everyone for listening to Sovereign Self once again. I hope this was entertaining and mind opening for you and have a great week. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Have a beautiful week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.